Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Rounding the Earth. Rounding the Earth is a popular newsletter series published on Substack, written by applied statistician and educator Matthew Crawford. Topics of discussion range from critical analysis of conventional wisdom to Bitcoin and everything in between. And of course, more recently and to oh, today as well. Holy mackerel. I got stuff playing in the background here. Anyway. Wow. I don't know where this sound is coming from. Hold on, guys. Sorry. I'm being attacked by my own computer. Anyway, our goal is a careful examination of important topics and perspectives shaping the world that too few people talk about. Subscribe to Rounding the Earth on Substack, Rumble, and YouTube to join a burgeoning research community and help us unflatten the earth. My name is Liam Sturgis. I'm a musician, music producer, and writer slash editor and audio pro, as you can tell, coming at you live from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And of course, I never do this alone. Please allow me to introduce Matthew Crawford, who's laughing at me in the background. How are you, Matthew? <laughs> I'm well, thanks. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I have so many tabs open, as we all do. That, yeah. Uh, sometimes you just miss one. But um, yeah, okay. we got a, a very... I, I, I'm going to share what happened to me when I came back from uh, the Children's Health Defense Conference. I had like 10 browsers when I left, right? And I turn everything off and, and you know, leave for a week and for eight days. And I come back. And when I try to uh, get all the tabs up, I did something wrong and I lost like, it, it, you wouldn't believe, I, I think I lost, you know, 250 tabs. Oh my goodness. Open information, stuff that I hadn't documented yet. Uh, stuff, you know, it, it was just, it's, it's a mess. I mean, there's so much to yeah. pay attention to and learn about in order to cover the breadth of all the topics that uh, are important during the pandemic. Yeah, it's true. It's a lot. And that's why we're doing our best to keep it all straight in our heads. And uh, it's it's way easier said than done. Um, well, we've got an exciting show today, so let's jump right into it. We've got three guests to introduce. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Marc Girardot, Jonathan J. Cooey, and Jessica Rose, who is currently joining us with audio. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Good Hello, thank you. Hi. <laughs> now, um, our our audience at this point actually will probably be familiar with all three of you, but just in case, because our audience, thank goodness, our community is growing. So let's go one by one. Just a very quick introduction, starting with Jonathan J. Cooey. Who are you, sir? Um, I'm a neurobiologist and general biologist from Pittsburgh who um, is uh, helping people like Children's Health and Defense figure this biology out. And I have my own program called Gigaon Biological on Twitch elsewhere. Yes, you do. Marc Girardot, would you introduce yourself, sir? Yes, uh, my name is Marc Girardot. I'm based out of Paris, France. Uh, my background is mostly uh, strategy consulting, um, and I've been... Uh, working on, on research around COVID for three years now. Um, and I have a substack called uh, COVID Mythbuster series. And, and just to say, well, Mark is not a biologist. Uh, it, it, he, he has worked uh, in biotech and, and clearly thinks uh, on, on a level of biology uh, uh, much better than you expect for most anyone who doesn't have a PhD in it. <laughs> uh, he, he's a very uh, biological systems thinker. Hey, I will second that. The only reason why I can make a living as a biologist is because it's simple to teach. So that's, I mean, it, I'm sure Mark knows a lot of things about 
high level applications of biological sciences that are only known when you're involved in the app practical application of it. And so I always welcome talking to Mark. I'm really excited to hear what he's got to say today. And speaking of people who know stuff, a woman who needs no introduction at all, Jessica Rose. <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think we could have asked for a better introduction to a disembodied Jessica Rose. Been <laughs> <laughs> a terrifying, subtle he 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 he. But very much. We should, have, we, we should have had you on Halloween. Oh man, I had a great Halloween. Um. I, I've been traveling for like 10 days and I literally just got home. Um, I, I'm very tired, but I couldn't have missed this. So thanks for having me anyway. <laughs> thanks for being there, Jessica. So here's what we're going to do. Um, <laughs> so our topic for the day is one that YouTube has decided that we can't even have with or without ads or any of that. So um, we're going to, at some point, be it in the next 10 seconds or 10 minutes, move over off of YouTube exclusively onto Rumble and Rockfin. So I dropped the Rumble link in the YouTube chat before we went live. So I highly recommend everybody watching use this opportunity. Let's say we'll give you a three minute window to jump over to Rumble. I will drop that in the chat one more time. But before we do that, let's explain in broad terms what we're going to talk about today. Mark, do you want to give us a little intro on that? Yes. Um, some of you might have seen that Matthew and I had a, a long conversation a few weeks ago um, on a, a, a theory that I've been working on, which I call the bolus theory. Um, and a lot of people have been challenging me on it. Um, I consider it a, a principle more than a theory because uh, all the steps have been demonstrated and ha are proven. Um, and so we're we're you know we're going to have a, a deep dive on it. I'm trembling uh, because I'm I'm not as a biologist. I I'm certainly not a PhD, and um, and I have. Uh, and I know Jessica very well. She's a good friend, and Jonathan too. And both are extremely uh, talented and and uh, experienced uh, biologists. So I'm humbled. Yeah, and I'll mention this: um, there are people who may have seen. Um, there was a lot of conversation after uh, uh, from my interview with Mark uh, a few weeks ago um, that broke out on Twitter. You know, people discussing uh, his model, and I think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that makes it hard for people to jump into it. Because we have, um, you know, a certain amount of, of information, you know, a certain amount of research that's been published about the spike protein. And, and you know, I, I you know, uh, had grown to believe the spike protein was very harmful. I, I still think that it is. I think that, that concentration matters. I think that, um, you know, uh, time matters. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some of those details. But, um, you know, Twitter is, is not at all the best place to try to discuss something scientific it's a it's a hard place to discuss something where there's cognitive dissonance and when you mix the two it's a really tough conversation even for very very smart people so before we even get into this a second time around i i want to encourage people to do their best to step back from their priors 
and and challenge themselves to think of this as another theory from the ground floor maybe go back and watch the first video that way but part of the reason we gathered for a second time is because uh, i wanted some experts in the room who can talk about the spike protein to throw in some challenges to to mark's uh, model or, or as he says principle um <clears throat> and and uh, and to say well you know you know whether it's you know there there are multiple possible pieces of ground that we could take. We could take the piece of ground that Mark is entirely right, that, that almost all of the damage or all the damage is due to nanoparticles. We could take the, we could, uh, we could try to, you know, some people might argue that it's almost all due to the spike protein. Uh, and then some people might argue that there's a, a, a mixed effects. Uh, like I, and, and I'll go ahead and say this personally, I think that um, I've moved closer and closer toward Mark's principle, Mark's model, especially for early vaccine harms. Uh, I still think there's a chance that the spike protein does something harmful. And maybe some of the harms that we see later down the road are affected by the spike protein, or maybe the spike, the spike protein causes a certain level of fatigue or, or, or uh, possibly, um, you know, allergic reactions for some people uh, or inflammations. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll consider those possibilities, but um you know, I, I think there's a very good chance that, that Mark's model is correct for at least the most severe and most immediate vaccine injuries and harms. So it's very important that we do our best to step back from wherever we might have been six months ago thinking about this and, and try to try to be as, as blank a slate as possible. But at the same time, I did invite people here to beat on Mark's model. So, I mean, that's the way to test a theory, right? You, you want to beat on the model. You, you yeah. want to take their shots on it. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe, we'll, me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, we'll, uh, hey, uh, Jessica, maybe we'll start with you. Um, you know, tell us, um, tell us your thoughts on the, on the spike protein, like defend the ground that the spike protein is mostly responsible for the harms. Now, wait, um, sorry, before you do, Jessica, is this where we want to move over to exclusively oh, those other platforms, guys? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, let's, let's make that move now before we get in, that, that's a good point. Okay, that's a good cliffhanger. So again, to those who do primarily use YouTube, apologies, we're doing the best we can under the circumstances, this is a, a, a band-aid measure, but please go find us on Rockfin and Rumble, and we will see you there, three, bye, two, YouTube. one. Bye, YouTube. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. As far as I know, we are still live, just not on YouTube. So hello to everyone on Rumble and Rockfin. We got 53 right now watching live on Rumble. And we had seven on Rockfin that has jumped down to three. Regardless, here we are. So, Jessica, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, you did not. Um, yeah, by the way, I think France just banned Rumble. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, yeah isn't that they, crazy? They, they basically rumble oh, withdrew due oh. to France's rules. So, you know, France didn't exactly have to lower the hammer. Um, and some people in France say they can still get it. You know, maybe they're able to VPN or maybe they're in a, a space where, um, I don't know, uh, where the block is. Yeah, Mark, how are, you, how are you accessing this currently? I guess you're just coming through StreamYard, of course. Yeah, I'm coming through StreamYard, yeah. But Rumble, okay. uh, yeah, I, I lost Rumble. I, I need to I need to get a VPN. I haven't gotten VPN yet. Indeed. Um, yeah, there are a lot of good ones. Um, 
Yeah, it just seems so shocking that you can ban a platform. But I guess that's where we are, right? Um, so the spike protein, it just the the original modus operandi, if it had if it has or had any merit, you know, these these shots were designed to be in, injections of the template of modified spike protein. So if there's any truth and or merit in that model, um, then it it just seems likely that if people are getting either full-length uh, spike template um, translated, then there's damage being done. I mean, there, there are a few publications that point out that full-length spike uh, interferes with stranded DNA uh, repair enzymes, etc. I mean, there, there are a lot of papers out there that demonstrate that there is spike-mediated damage. There are also images. Um, Ernie Burkhart actually came out with some very recent ones that showed the spike protein in the myocardium and also in the brain. So there's, there's evidence um, that seems pretty concrete that there is spike-mediated damage being done to uh, various uh, organs, organ systems, vessels. Um, so this is probably a really good place to start to, to you know, uh, start the conversation with Mark about whether or not that's, you know, this actually has merit because it's based on the fact that, you know, what they're telling us is true. And, and that's questionable at this point. That's why this is so interesting because we have no freaking idea what is in the shots. And if it, it's not even completely unlikely that there's no, mRNA in the shots. And I know how crazy that sounds. I really do. But I'm also a, a stark believer in the, um, the, the danger of the lipid nanoparticle itself. I've been saying that the whole time. So I think it's multifold. And I think, you know, it, it, it's, if there is any spike involved, then I, I can fully believe that it's doing damage in the way that it's being shown that it's being done. But Anyway, that's that's where I would start the conversation. Okay, I guess it's up to me to answer, Matthew. Uh, sure, and, and maybe I'll say this before: and to, to any degree that this conversation is difficult, and, you know, like Jessica said, you know, we, we don't know how much we're being told is is the truth, um, yeah. and and you know, that's not on us; that's on them. Yeah. Right? Um, to any degree, but, but I I do I do assume that the vast majority of the you know. Um, procedural or basic science papers are honest, um, it, it, at least as far as the ones go that are, you know, not on extremely politicized topics like zoonosis or, uh, you know, and they, they come from, you know, uh, well-published scientists. I, 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 I give enough credit, even though I think there's a lot of shenanigans. Um, I, I don't think that there are thousands of faked papers on the spike protein. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, but yeah, Mark, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, first of all, uh, we have to, to distinguish two different things around the spike protein. Uh, it, it's, it's obvious that the spike protein is the antigen. It is the immuno, immunogenic material that is inside and produced inside those cells that's supposed to kickstart immune reaction. Okay, So that, that, there's no question there, and my, and my, my theory doesn't discount that at all. Um, 
my theory dis discounts the the fact that circulating spike is is pathogenic okay that means that 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 basically the the body is going to create so much spi spike that it's going to saturate some areas um, of the body and uh, and destroy cells and create uh, all all the symptoms that we've been seeing now I, I wrote my first one of the first pieces I wrote um, in 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 June uh, 2021 uh, on on vaccine uh, on natural immunity being better than vaccine immunity. Um, I had mentioned that there was a risk of of uh, the, the spike being very you know uh, pathogenic, but. Um, I've, I've come back and, and, and it was actually my most successful, uh, uh, actually a piece of work because it's been read like 350,000 times or something. Um, and, and I did back off from, from that, uh, via a number of, of signals, a very, very strong signals or very, uh, falsifiable hypotheses that were crumbling basically. Okay. Um, and so my, my theory is indeed that the spike as an antigen inside cells is part of the mechanism of harm of the vaccine, clearly, but not the circulating um, spike. And I've, I wrote a piece since we've last spoken, I wrote a piece where I have 12 different hypotheses, fa falsifiable hypotheses that I demonstrate to show that it cannot be the circulating spike. Okay. Um, the, and and, and there's there's a few there's a few basic ones. Um, the most important one is for the circulating spike to become pathogenic. It would mean that the antibodies, which we find in in million billions of people, have been tested, etc., are not binding to the spike. Okay, which would be a revolution. That's one. But the other the other points is also the fact that once primed, once you're immune system knows how to attack cells that are producing spike, they're going to interrupt the production faster. So normally on those grounds, right, if you are primed, for example, if you're recovered from COVID, you shouldn't have any symptoms. You shouldn't have adverse events. The reality of it is the contrary. If you're recovered, you have more adverse events. And actually, you have more adverse events if you're primed also in, in, in after jab two, jab three. Um, and after jab two, jab three, if you follow the laws, I'm not talking about assumptions, the laws of, of immunology, you should have, you have you should have much, much lower production of spike, and it should be neutralized by the huge quantity of uh, uh, of antibodies present. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I could go on in, and on and on about that, but to me, it, it's an, it's, it's a, it's a mathematical, uh, it's a probability, a probabilistic impossibility that it is the spike that's doing it. One, just one little detail. Spike is a protein. Um, it, it would be carried by the flow. Why is it only happening in the arteries where you have the most pressure? Why is it not in the, at all in the tissues? Why is it not in the veins? We're not seeing, you know, and, and even the, the photos that, that Jessica is, ta is talking about, 
we're not they're they're not showing spike in the tissues they're showing spike in the cells okay there is not a saturation of tissues with spike in all of these photos at all um and so for for me i i, I really i mean i think the important thing which is uh, i think we should all be happy about it is if it were the spike that was pathogenic um, and that's one of the reasons that got me off track, or I mean, off my the the the, the main track. That circulating spike is 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 the cause, is the root cause, uh, was the fact that not everybody was getting hurt, injured. Okay, not everybody. So everybody's been telling me, yeah, but they'll die later mm -hmm. or whatever. No, no, there are people you go, you have you have their blood tests done, and they're fine. I mean, I had my son. You know, I I was panicked that my son not feeling well, and I had a, him tested, his D-dimer, et cetera, he was fine. Okay, so, so it, if, it's, if, if it's poison, um, you know, it's, it's, it's also a law of, 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 of uh, toxicology. The more you have poison, the, 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 the more pathogenic. Um, so we know, for example, that the spike peaks at day five after, uh, after injection one. Well, that's not when we're seeing the most problems right we're seeing problems immediately we're seeing people you know having problems five months downwards as, as, as steve kirsch has been talking about we're not seeing that it, we're not seeing that correlation at all normally you have direct correlation the the, the symptoms increase when you have more um uh more more uh, uh talk toxins and they decrease if you don't if you don't so i'm yeah. i'm to me, it's completely, I mean, again, I'll, you know, on my Substack, on COVID Mythbuster, I wrote this piece two weeks ago. Um, and, 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 I, and I think for me, the, you know, it's very important as a consultant, I triangulate everything I do like 300 times. If, if my theory was wrong, I would have proven it wrong a long time ago. And, and the, the thing that's really uh, very um, not scary, but highlight uh, eye-opening is the fact that when you look at the symptoms or the adverse events of the COVID, the COVID vaccines, you have the exact same symptoms that you have with other vaccines. Exactly the same. You have uh, blisters or bullous uh, femphiloids or whatever they're called. You have you have vasculitis, you have encephalitis, you have uh, strokes, you have uh, um, you have uh, type one diabetes, uh, et cetera, et cetera. How is it if it's so spike specific that you get every single time exactly the same symptoms? Okay, and 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 that's that means that the the mechanism of harm is 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 beyond the microbiological aspect of it the spike aspect of it every single vaccine and you know it's 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 very interesting every time there's been in the past 30 years a, a, a vaccination campaign that started in a in a very ambitious way immediately they stopped them except for this one because they went crazy <laughs> clearly uh, but but every time, you know, you take H1N1 in 1976, uh, it was more than 30 years ago, sorry. 
uh, time flies. Uh, but, but but fundamentally, uh, you 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 get immediately you have these 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 adverse events coming, right? You had them with also with the dinghy in Philippines, same thing. Now, what's really interesting to me is the fact that every single time you have the same ones. How is that possible? Even with anthrax, how how come anthrax gives you bullets, uh, gives you blisters? How come an, an anthrax vaccine is going to give you blisters? How come it's always going to give you type 1 diabetes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I, I, I've been trying to map out, you know, all the symptoms and all the vaccines. And, and, and it's, it's colossal. You know, it's, it's very hard to do. And, and if I could stop you there, and, and this is an interesting point. Um, I think because the VAERS numbers are so scary starting in 2021, there are a lot of people who don't realize how much vaccine injury had been occurring over the years, right? And and this can be for multiple reasons. Like you said, some vaccine uh, campaigns have started and then stopped. And because of that start and stop, and also, uh, you know, possibly also because of uh, age demographics um, and health, health of the individuals, there's something called the, the healthy user bias or healthy vaccine bias, uh, sometimes called. And, and, you know, we, we wouldn't see as much in VAERS, you know, maybe little bumps. But if you do look at VAERS, there are a lot of trends, like in deaths, for instance, that were trickling up over the years as more vaccines were becoming more common. And so, you know, we, we can kind of look back and test, but also realize the limitations of the test. You have to go into, as Mark has done, um, you know, some specific vaccine studies to, to see some of this. So one thing I want to talk about, I mean, we, we started working together with Jessica, Matthew, and, and Steve uh, over 18 months ago uh, because we were trying to, uh, to identify the, the under-reporting factor. I, I came across this military analysis uh, on, on the smallpox vaccine, uh, right? And with that, I realized that, you know, I, let's, let's, let's make the assumption that the military are are going to report probably better than than civilians, uh, at least uh, at least on par or, or or probably better. Well, there in in this in the smallpox vaccine study, they did a deep dive and they found that basically they had an under reporting factor of 59. 59. Now imagine that what that means, because military have time for that. So they're very contentious, et cetera. If you're in a business, if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make money, et cetera, it's a completely different thing. So there's a fair chance that actually underreporting has been higher, 80, 100, 100x. Okay, that's, for, for, that's the first point. Um, now, I'd like to, to, to go back to, to the, the bolus principle or the, or the bolus theory. Uh, and why I think, and I'm convinced by the data um, that it's 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 the it's the right it's it is the the core of the root cause of not only the adverse events that we are seeing, but all the adverse events that we've been seeing forever. And it it means that we've um, that the community again hasn't. Um, I just I just published an article. I called it the. Um, the dead canaries in the vaccine mine have been dead long ago or di died long ago. I.e., we should, you know, we should be 
all convinced that if you've got GBS or Bell's palsy, there's a very, very big chance that it's vaccine related. But, but, you know, but, but uh, GBS is on a tiny organ. Okay. It's in spinal cord is, is tiny compared to the brain. So, so, um, so if you get GBS, you know, once in uh, a thousand times or, or, or once in 2000 times, um, it means that the brain gets hit probably four times, 40 times, uh, 40 times that. So um, the, what, what, I, I'll go back to how I went and I, how I realized that I think the problem is the accidental intravenous a crea- uh, creation of a bolus. The, 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 if, if when, you know, when you're a consultant like, like I am, you, what you do, you start with the facts. And the first facts that, that we all have to acknowledge is, is, is the following, is the, um, the harm is done in the arteries, essentially, and in a concentrated way. Um, it can ha- happen also in, in, in the capillaries, directly into the organs. But fundamentally, uh, a lot of the harm happens in the aorta, uh, where you see aneurysm, you, you, see, uh, just, you, know, you see those uh, ruptures, etc. And you see al- also uh, downstream the, uh, uh, the bleeding, basically, or the, uh, the coagulation with thrombosis, uh, um, deep vein thrombosis problems. <laughs> now... To get a concentrated uh, immune attack, okay, uh, it, it requires a concentrated transfection, or something has to be um, um, there in, in such a way that's concentrated. It's an antigen, maybe let's say even if it were a spike, you would need to have it um, uh, taken up by healthy cells in a concentrated fashion, right? And, and that's, that's um, a pharmacokinetic impossibility if it's natural. Because you, you, you see, if, if, if you have viruses in your body or if you have, um, you know, spike being produced by cells throughout your, your, your blood, they're not going to pop up in one instant in the same place and saturate that space. They're going to pop up a bit all over the place, be mixed with the blood, and, and, and the vascular system does what it does best, else we would all be dying very, very quickly. It distributes uh, nutrients or oxygen, spike protein um, in, in, a, in a homogeneous way. You can only, um, you know, you can only deliver a drug in a concentrated way with an injection, an intravenous injection in, in, with a bolus, i.e. with a push on the plunger that extremely rapid, okay? Um, and, and, and everybody in, you know, medicine, in the medical field knows that. That's how you deliver a drug to the heart. That's how you deliver a tracing products into the brain, okay? Because otherwise... It gets distributed all over. And, and sometimes that's what you want to do. Sometimes that's why they do intravenous in a very, very slow manner. And it just is 
disseminated uh, in, in a peaceful, peaceful way uh, throughout, throughout the body. Now, let's, let's put ourselves and, and simulate or, you know, what happens. If, if, you, if you inject a, a cytotoxic product in, in a way that's, uh, that's uh, slow or in a way uh, that's fast. If, if you do a bolus, you're going to have this, this swarm, basically, of cytotoxic molecules or, or, or particles that are going to have a higher, much, much, much higher probability of hurting and penetrating in a, in a concentrated way. Okay, and, my, my if, if I could cut in there, um, you know, then this was something that just came to mind. Um, we don't even know, like, there, there probably aren't studies on what happens with these particles in your tissues at the moment of a bolus, right? That's not a study that would be run, right? We don't know, like, if you're injecting and you have a concentration of this stuff to the point that it creates pressure, right, then how much of it is sticking around right in that location, meaning that, um, you know, there's more contact between the tissue and those particles than there would ever otherwise be, that, that, they're, that they're staying there, getting embedded there. If nobody runs those studies, we never know. We don't even know what the particles are made out of much of the time. Yeah, but uh, we know we know a few things, uh, Matthew. We know they transfect because we know that they, they that they uh, that they produce spike. So, I mean, frankly, the the scientists that did that, however fast, etc., some of the science has been done right. Sure. Um, the doses. I I wrote a piece where I I compared the spike protein uh, um, quantities that. NL, the NLP quantities with um, with bee venom or with uh, spider venom, um, and and I found that um, you know especially Pfizer had a very reasonable dose uh, versus what you would get with a bee venom, for example. I mean, Moderna was more on par with it. Okay, so you know when you get bitten by a bee and it's it's in the tissue, normally nothing happens. It just so happens that when it's not in the tissue, you die. So the same bolus principles applies for venom. And there's and, and it also applies. I found a 1936 paper of, uh, of um, anaphylactic chalk due to pollen injection for desensitization. And actually, the anaphylactic chalk at the time was not considered to be uh, uh, um, an allergy, but it was an accidental puncture of a vein. Okay, and and by the way, what's really interesting is the whole idea of taste. There's a lot of people. I think CBS wrote a uh, made a piece on that, uh, and, and Kyle, the, the the pro biker, also testified of that on John Campbell's show that he had immediately after the the, the, the injection, he had a taste in the mouth. Well. With pollen, you also get a taste in the mouth immediately. And uh, also um, uh, bodybuilders, when they inject uh, steroids, notably Tremblone, when they actually uh, you know, in inject intravenously and get Trenkov, which is very brutal, they also get uh, apparently a, a spicy uh, taste in the mouth. So you, you see, you have all these elements that that uh, 
that 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 basically um, uh, tend to to say that this is right. Now, a lot of people have been telling me, but Mark, that's impossible. It's you know, it would happen only one in ten thousand times, one in two thousand times. I've heard that over and over and over again. Well, there's a few things. First of all, you know, if you if you're injecting a product into a muscle, there's there's blood vessels there. Okay, thinking it's going to be one in two thousand or one in ten thousand is not a reasonable probability, right? Um, I, I had I had done a an inception like sim simulation where basically, um, you know, I, I had taken a map of California and and, and apparently. Um, about 18% of the roads in cities in California are of the, uh, of, of, of the surface is, um, is roads that blood, blood vessels in a way. <clears throat> and, and if you do an inception play, basically to try and see how much it would take, I found that 8% of the roads, uh, would, would actually be, um, uh, into that, that inception model which is close to a muscle. I consider nature much better at engineering than, than we ever will be. But the difference is not going to be one in 10,000 and, in, and, and one in, in, um, in, uh, in 10. It's, it's, it's likely it's one in 20. And, and, and there's, there is research that's been done on bodybuilders, on 2,000 bodybuilders that aspirate. By the way, bodybuilders know their shit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be vulgar. They know their stuff. And, and there's a good reason why they know their stuff. Because they inject themselves. It's their own, you know, it's their own health. So, of course, they're, they're, they're attentive to what they're doing. You know, they're not a, somebody at a, at a at CVS uh, shooting and, and yeah, it, never know. Right. Yeah, it, it really is a mistake in, in economic and scientific thinking that we we don't uh, stand back and look for more prag pragmatic um, sources, uh, you know, and, and data like that. Right. Um, it, you know, what you say really is true, you know, both both in terms of, you know, the, the body, uh, the biological machine is a better calculator than we'll ever be, um, you know, interfacing with it. Right. Um, it, it is optimized over billions of years. Right. Uh, uh, but then, but then, just you know, the, the bodybuilder who uh, you know would they would they be reasonable? <laughs> uh, would would they uh, uh, you know would would they be good at what they did if they weren't moving toward um, you know reasonable understanding of everything that they handled and everything that they deal with? Um, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of try to mix the pot here for a moment. I, I want to throw JJ and Jessica in here a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, we we've heard uh, Mark's theory from from the last conversation, and again, I'll I'll kind of um, you know encourage people if, if you don't, you know, Mark brought um, slides last time, and he has articles on his Substack, and, and we'll post those again in the links here. Um, but I want to hear the interaction, like you know, what questions would other biologists have over how much damage might be caused by the spike or, or, you know, well, what data we have that kind of tells us one or the other. Yeah. I, I still think that if there, if there are prion illnesses, that's probably more likely yeah. to be spike related, but this prion like yeah. illnesses are a very small fraction of the illnesses yeah. that we see. But then again, I could be wrong about that. Like the, the, the malformation of folding that can happen yeah. from a lot of different types of pressure. So I don't know. 
but you know, I, I just I, I wanted to bring up one example of something we could talk about. But uh, uh, Jessica, sounds like you have some thoughts. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind was going because um, I, I'm really profoundly, um, I suppose, certain that there is some kind of amyloid problem and or prion problem associated with these shots. And if there is, I think it is spike related. Um, there's a few people who, who would agree with that sentiment. Um, and I, I also wrote a Substack article about the damage that's potentially done to red blood cells. And I kind of uh, made an analogy to malaria, which is interesting because hydro hydroxychloroquine works both on malaria and on uh, this, you know, in the context of the injections and COVID, which is interesting because the damage done to red blood cells, uh, you know, allegedly does induce the same byproducts. And one of those is the, the production of, uh, amyloids. So I think that, yeah, it, it's a really important point to cover, uh, mainly because I don't think we've seen the tip of the iceberg with this yet. I think what we've seen is, is an indicator for what might be to come because it seems like the amyloid, uh, production, it all boils down to this, you know, this problem that we have where we have no freaking idea what anybody's being injected with. I mean, we don't know what proteins are being translated because we don't know what the templates are. We, 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 uh, my guess would be that most people are not being injected with full length spike if there is spike at all. So they're getting, you know, small proteins, you know, sub proteins, uh, which might mean that they're getting these peptides that are associated with amyloid formation, superantigens, et cetera. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if any of that made sense, but I think um, if, if you want to talk about evidence of spike, I think the amyloid story is a really good place to, uh, to focus on. Okay. Uh, let me, let me I can, if I can just hop in, um, the thing that, that gets me a lot of times when we have this discussion is that we always start with a certain set of assumptions that, it seems like whoever's talking doesn't even realize they're making them. And sometimes we'll declare the assumptions, but then move on with, with the fact that these assumptions are there. And just a, a great example, just to do it as quickly as possible is Jessica is saying that the spike could be causing amyloid in some of these people. And we should follow up on that. It could also be interacting with red blood cells, but then in the same part of the interview, she said that, probably a lot of people don't even have spike or aren't even making a full spike. So then I come back to, to Mark Giraudot's point, which is if the spike is a toxin, then there should be a certain expected behavior consistent with its appearance and its concentration. And so if Jessica and a lot of other people are correct, like Kevin McKernan, that the, the modifications that they've done to the mRNA lead to a very low fidelity production of spike, then we can't simultaneously talk about the gain of function properties of the spike that apparently is never produced by the transfection. And so for me, I think it's really clear to separate these things. And that's what I think Mark has done recently quite well, but I still think we're still making some assumptions to point out what Mark may, may be missing or just 
just not missing, but but not seeing like I do, is that if the bolus theory is correct, then still whatever travels through the bolus will have its own chemical and physical properties. And so how transfection by lipid nanoparticle with high fidelity RNA manifests in a bolus will be very different than recombinant proteins combined with an adjuvant, and it'll be very yes. different than combined with a live attenuated vaccine. Okay. So yeah, those totally. differences will, will result in different, whole different suites of responses. And these all assume, again, that we know something, as Jessica pointed out, about the contents, the quality, the quantity, and then the effects, depending on what tissue it goes in. There's so many assumptions. And so I do think that the bolus thing is an issue in the sense of what occurs, but then still the panoply of possibilities of where this bolus yeah, yeah. goes and you know, are your tissues, even if it, if it hits exactly the same tissue in your body, your genetic background could result in a very different set of spike and non-spike proteins produced totally. and I can produce nothing. And so those are all variables we have no clue about. And so, yeah. Again, that's all I need to say. You guys can take it. Just that's where I wanted to be. Those are both all your all your points are very good. I, I I'm going to try and answer. Um, I mean, you, you guys said a lot of things, so I'm going to try and answer. Uh, first of all, the last point you're making, uh, uh, JJ. I, I I I think fundamentally, uh, first of all, you're you're completely correct. There there is a huge difference between transfecting vaccine and protein vaccines. Okay, and you, you see it. I actually in one of my pieces I. There's this, uh, this piece that can, compared um, uh, smallpox vaccine, which is transfecting an influenza vaccine until, until recently that was non-transfecting. And clearly, one is, is much, much more damaging than the other, okay? Which, which tends to, to prove what I, the point I'm trying to make. The, why, why is that? The, the reason that is, is because each of those where, where I'm taking a higher, uh, I'm on a different altitude than you are because I'm not a biologist, so I have to stay high. I, it's not that, um, is, is that fundamentally, I don't really care, and I've realized uh, um, uh, 18 months ago that the, the, um, the Sinovac vaccine is also killing, and it's killing a lot, right? So it wasn't the technology, it wasn't the mRNA, it wasn't the DNA. The Sinovac is killing all, probably on par, okay? And so, and, and why is it? Because, because fundamentally, the immune system you can trust, again, you know, I, I go back to immunological, you know, immunology 101. You, 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 in, you have an antigen that's highly immunog immunogenic, whatever, however you, you installed it or you, you, the uptake and taking has, how, whatever the process has been to, uh, to to insert that that antigen, the result will be the same. The cell will be destroyed. Now, the, the, one of the fundamental uh, elements I think that I understood in the bolus uh, principle is is the idea that who cares if you have if you have one cell that dies? You know, we have every day. You know, I drink too much alcohol. I'm I'm probably killing too way too many cells here and there, but. I'm not. I, I'm not stripping the entire the entire lining. I'm destroying one at a time, right? And and the real issue, the real pathological issue, is the idea 
that you are going to destroy, you're going to carpet bomb the endothelium lining in such a way that normal uh, uh, repair mechanisms are ineffective because you don't have a neighboring cell and you don't have another neighboring cell. And, and therefore, you start having these, uh, these fibrous elements that starts, you know, trying to, to basically uh, have a Band-Aid type of, of repair. I, I think that's, that's fundamental um, to it. The, all these vaccines are, are killing um, and destroying. Um, you, you, you can see it with Novavax also. Novavax is a protein vaccine, but it's not, it's not destroying the aorta of anybody because it can't. It's not doing that. It can't do that. I think one of the things I just wanted to interject a backpack on this or, or a piggyback on this is a point that I think Mark is kind of making, but I think is, is pretty valid. So I want to underscore it is that it doesn't matter. And, and if you believe they're protein smears, then we're not making very many great copies of the spike protein. But despite that, we're making seroprevalence. And despite that, they can find protein in circulation. My argument would be that they don't really need to express something special in order for the transfection of endothelial cells to result in an immune <laughs> assault. And that immune assault is enough to cause the damage. It's enough for it to cause this cascade. And so I, I think Mark is really going the right direction in the sense of if we use transfection, which is an especially dangerous way of messing with our endothelium, then and go forward with RSV or flu or anything like that, we can expect similar results because, again, it's not so dependent on the protein that's expressed, but just on transfecting in general. Exactly. Or, or it could make the protein that's expressed more dangerous than it would be. No, because... I'll give you an example. Just hold on. Give me an example. When they use transfection to try and fix a missing um, enzyme in kids with a disorder... It works in the short term, but it's the repeated transfection that leads to an autoimmune result that, that can't be stopped. And so, again, they're transfecting an endogenous protein that, that the body should have already learned to ignore, and it still ends up in the same pain. Now, I'd like to go back to the amyloid, because here again, I mean, I understand. I, mean, I love Kevin. I, I was hoping he would be here. Um, and and f first of all, I, I think it's always a bit dangerous to, um, to think uh, ex, ex vivo to, or to be in vitro, okay? In vitro, you, you have a lot of things that don't happen in the body because the immune system is not, in, is not there. It, it, it's not there. So, so, so you know, I, I'm not, I, I trust the immune system. Amyloids, we get amyloids every day in our body, every day. This is, there's nothing, I mean, this idea that, you know, we have bodies that, 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 that work perfectly and all those proteins are working perfectly all the time is, 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 is a fallacy, okay? So we have B cells uh, that, that create antibodies to, to, that check on those amyloids and supposed to mop them up, okay? The real question is, is especially in the case of Parkinson and, and, and Alzheimer's, is why is it? that that at one point it isn't working now if if some of you have read the piece i wrote on the bbb on the you know on it's i think it, i think the title was is it a good idea to poke holes into the brain blood barrier uh because fundamentally that's what we're doing with these vaccines we are poking holes and we're destroying that that barrier 
Now, when you do that, you're going to let in albumin and you're going to start creating all those amyloids. But, but the thing is, if you're, uh, if, if your immune system is actually working properly and if that leak isn't that bad, there's a fair chance you won't have anything for ages. But when your immune system starts leveling down as you age, and then the amyloid starts building up into the brain. Now, this, the, the, uh, I mean, I go and read that piece on the BBB because the, um, the correlation of the leak is much more important for these neurodegenerative diseases than it is than the amyloids. Amyloids is an outcome of the fact that you have opened up uh, the BBB, just like the uh, the poison milk in in newborns that that are being breastfed is an outcome that the blood milk barrier has been destroyed in exactly the same way. And you're saying just like sterility is going to be tied to the blood testis barrier or the blood follicle barrier that are leaky. Remember, all these vaccines, what do they create? Vasculitis, basically endothelium leakage. If you destroy what Matthew was saying, he was perfectly correct. The endothelium is an organ. It's filtering things in, filtering things out. If you open up those doors, you will create disease. And when you look at the disease, and I, I just wrote a piece this afternoon, I just posted it, and you look at type 1 diabetes, what is it? Type two, same thing. Sterility, what is it? Same thing. Um, and, 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 of course, Alzheimer, which has been skyrocketing, you know, and is, 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 is tied entirely to blood-brain barrier leakage. Now, if I'm, unfortunately, I wish I was wrong, I, or wrong, sorry. But I think what we've just, do, we've just done is we've increased the level of future uh, people having dementia. I mean, and, and there's already articles showing dementia acceleration for most likely for the elderly, but we've, create, we've created that into a whole new generation. And and, and and if I could throw something out for um for you know people who are wondering about um, the damage and why it would only happen to some people or seem to only happen to some people, I, I bet that there is a lot of slow damage that's happening, and 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 you know we may see that in terms of more people with Alzheimer's or or other conditions, uh, dementia. Um, but what Mark was just saying about the endothelium being uh, being an organ. Uh, uh, one thing I, I try to remind people of from time to time is um, the largest organ in the human body is the skin. And, and it sort of takes people by surprise when they hear that, right? You know, um, just because it's so thin, but it's so it's got so much surface area. And when you stack it all up, it weighs a lot. It's, you know, it's pounds, right? Um, the endothelium, it, it's, it's very similar. There's a lot of surface area there. And when you're talking about, um, you know, creating a bolus and creating pressure and, and creating an effect that is more concentrated in one location, you're taking this huge surface area and then concentrating most of the effect onto some piece that is, you know, one over thousands of times, perhaps the size of the whole organ. But you're focusing at one point. It's kind of like it's hard to punch through your windshield, but if you take, uh, they, you know, 
some people have these in their car. I do. Uh, yeah, you take one little tip, one little point, and you put pressure on that one place, and boom, it shatters by design, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when when you focus so much pain in one place, uh, you can you can wind up with uh, levels of problems that you just don't see, or that would happen very very slowly with other forms of environmental toxins. And, and this is this is the argument that I would throw back at the people. I, I, you know, some people, uh, Mark, were um, were cutting off your argument from the beginning because you had this idea of like how much of different toxins might be going in the body. And people were saying, oh, but, you know, toxins are harmful, not due to just the amount, which is true. Um, but the thing that they're not doing then is going back and doing that other piece, which is which is uh, the amount of surface area that's involved in the application of the toxin and seeing that uh, when it's concentrated in one place, it can just really cause disaster. And I think this is this like that part right there, uh, thinking about the surface area shrinking, and that's the denominator in, in your calculation in a sense, right? Pain yeah. per location, you know, harm per location. Um, yeah, I, I, I and and the that. fraction explodes when the denominator gets small. I, I, I did calculate. I mean, it's I, I did the calculation of, of the how many NLPs are being presented on the surface of the linings? Basically, I you know calculated number of, 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 of endothelial cells and how many NLPs are actually facing that cell at any moment in time. If you if you believe that um, if you make the assumption, going back to my good friend JJ, if you make the assumption that we're behaving in a similar way to a mouse. Um, and you use the data, uh, the, the data from the, the Pfizer study, um, the, the reality is at any one point, you, you rarely have more than 4% of the, of the surface that can actually be transfected, right? So there's a, there, the chances of, of, of doing this stripping that I was telling JJ a minute ago, are, are, it's impossible, right? You will have this, I, I call it the, the bulletproof vest effect that you were describing, the fact that it's spread across. Now, what, if, if, and, and that's the reason when you do this calculation, you clearly understand that can't be a problem. I mean, it, obviously you're, you're fooling around with the endothelium, which is a real philosophical problem in terms of the vaccine technology that we'll have to think about. Uh, I, I don't think it's a great idea to, 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 to actually destroy a big a part of it like that, especially every three months. But, but the, when you actually uh, have the, the concentration, you know, it, the concentration is 3,000 to 4,000 times higher at the moment it's injected into the vein if it's done accidentally. And so you have a sh very short period of, um, uh, that's going to occur between um, the, the time the, the PEG actually wears off, which is probably a few, a, a few centimeters, it, it, wear, it will most likely wear off very quick, very quickly. And the moment um, you still have a, a high a, a capacity to transfect uh, 200 times, 300 times the surface, right? Because transfection isn't, isn't that easy. It, it's, it's, it's very complicated. You know, people think that it's happening all the time. The reason they've, they've, they actually have, uh, you know, Moderna has 40 billion nanoparticles in each of those doses, supposedly. Um, the reason they, they have those highest numbers is because transfection doesn't occur that easily. 
Uh, and so you need you you necessarily need to have a huge concentration present facing facing the endothelium uh, for, for for damage to occur. Just to just to give a little bit of I don't know maybe anecdotal backing to what Mark is saying, um, lipid nanoparticles before the pandemic were kind of marketed as having a organ specificity and sometimes they would be marketed as a liver targeting delivery mechanism and what have you and i've been trying really hard mark is one of the people that's really challenged me to think about how i how i imagine this in my head and one of the things that that came to mind as i've been thinking and preparing for this talk is the idea that if the lipid nanoparticle goes through the liver and the liver does what it's supposed to do it's just going to clean it out like any other toxin and so that might also explain why none of these or very few of these these events evolve involve the liver there's no i don't know that but liver failure is not as often as myocarditis liver failure is not as often as some of this clotting and that kind of thing and that could be because as marcus pointed out transfection is hard and when it goes through the liver it doesn't manage to transfect anything it just gets cleared and so again if he's correct about this um then we really need to think about are there vulnerabilities are there are there are there people with certain conditions where transfection becomes easier um this kind of thing could be somewhat uh at play as well but i i really think it's that, important that, to note that that liver thing that's a great point that's a great point that makes me think about the physics of the bolus right and and, and it took me a few times hearing um, bolus to like actually have the right model in my head when this when this you know ball wells up you know it's not just that it moves forward like like there's a quick outlet or something like that um when you stretch a balloon right um you know how long is it going to take for that thing to sort of work itself out to conform toward uh the rest of the circulatory system it is moving into a system that is already flowing in equilibrium that's actually not going to happen immediately. It's going to take time. And so, it, you know, it, like the thing, uh, what you said about things moving quickly through the liver, the liver is designed for things to pass through it and to be filtered, right? Um, and, and the fact that you don't see the harm there, um, it, it, but you do see it in other places, that, that itself is sort of an indirect, um, that, that, that's very good indirect evidence of Marx theory. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 do, I mean, most of the damage is actually in the endothelium. Um, so, so indeed, we, we know, for, you know, we know in the muscle it doesn't, uh, it doesn't transfect that much because eighty percent of it in two days, eighty percent of it escapes it. So it stayed for two days into into a muscle, and and and, and it didn't transfect. Uh, so we know we know that in tissue transfection is actually fairly 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 low. Um, and so when it gets to those, that's, that's one of the reasons I had, you know, I had created this map uh, of the bio distribution and everybody was focusing on the liver, the spleen, etc. But then I realized that you had different categories. You have four different categories of organ, of, of organs. You have organs that are receptacles like the liver, like Jonathan was saying, nothing's happening there. You have you have organs that are actually escaping like outside to outside like the the, the skin the mucus uh, where basically you know it's it's the NLPs are just going outside they're just being uh, 
they're just uh, being being delivered outside and and they they they're, they're not hurting anybody and then there's there's muscles and stuff like that where they're they have mini receptacles but nothing's happening there and then you have all these organs that have very very tight uh, blood barriers blood blood tissue barriers where you you hardly have anything any of the nlps are getting in um, and so i that's one of the reasons i looked into the brain because i knew that the data i was getting which was i think 0.02% uh, after uh, after uh, 2 hours or something like that was the peak if i recall well um, was most likely trans transfection and the rest wasn't uh, at least it was the level of it um and so i i was i was more concerned i'm i'm much more concerned as the damage that's done to the brain because the brain if 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 you consider the brain as as uh you know the brain is 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 smaller than some other organs so it's it's not hit as much as as uh, as the the intestines or the liver uh, but it's, I think the, the weight is similar to the liver, um, but it's still getting hit. And, and it's, it's, it's the one thing we, we, you know, it doesn't, it looks like the, the, the blood brain barrier is, is harder to repair than, than possibly others. The other one element, one big element I, I realized, uh, this afternoon is the, the weight of the, uh, of the bone marrow. Is so is 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 very big. It's like 2.4, 2.5 kilos, three kilos. Uh, that means the bone marrow is hit in a big way, which could explain some illnesses. I know somebody's saying uh, talking about uh, 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 leukemias, um, but also uh, uh, you know uh, uh, vaccine acquired immune deficiency, uh, shingles. All of that thing is is likely related to to uh, bone marrow being hit hey i'm gonna take off really quick mark but thank you very much for letting me interject i think it's a really good substack article and you really got me thinking about the separate issues of transfection versus the actual toxic properties of the spike or not and i really appreciate it thanks JJ. Look forward to seeing you at panda Yes. See you soon. And, and it sounds like jessica's taken off now uh she she joined us uh after coming back from europe with uh with uh, no sleep for a couple of days. So, you know, we, we just appreciate having her time. Uh, oh, oh she, she's still disembodied in here. Yeah, I, I, I would also like to say thank you. And I love all you guys. And uh, and we really need to do this again because I can literally hear the public going, this is so cool. I want to hear more about this. Like, and I want these guys to like talk about all these other things. So like, if there's any way we can gather questions from the public, Liam, I don't know if there's like a way to do that. But. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark, I've been it, marking down everything and I was just thinking about a way to respond to what we have and then have that maybe inform whatever we bring forward in our next conversation. Yeah. This uh, is an so, interesting thought. Um, Mark, uh, maybe you could put out a sub stack that is like, you know, ask your questions here, like get a list of questions. I'd be willing to republish it on my sub stack. Uh, you know, I'm guessing yeah, I, I, I have, yeah, me too. I have on my sub stacks, I have hundreds of questions. Every, every, well, know. well, perhaps, perhaps if, if we do this again, if, if the goal is to get as many people thinking about this so that more people are working on the problem, um, mm -hmm. you know, seeing, seeing your model, um, uh, at least as a possibility though, I lean toward it personally. Um, but you know, may, maybe something like a slideshow that is like a Q and a. 
like, you know, people nice. said this, here's the thought, like, you know, like, like I said, you laid out the, the, the doses of the toxins, which is an imperfect argument on its own, but it was, it was there to sort of create the, the sense of, of, of the argument. But then, you know, be like, People say, well, that's ridiculous. If it's uranium, then you can have, you know, uh, but but then you, you can answer that. Right. And there is an answer yeah. to it. Um, and, and so, um, you know, maybe doing, a, um, you know, maybe and maybe collectively we can, you know, do this. Uh, this, this You know, the work better than anyone. So you're going to be able to make these slides better than than, uh, you know, quicker than the rest of us. So but uh, maybe something that is like a Q&A slideshow. OK. Um, maybe, maybe like six or eight weeks from now. What do you guys think? I'm in. Well, that's long. Yeah, sure. Buddy. Yeah, I'm, well, I've taken note of everything that's come in on both Rockfin and Rumble. So I will make sure um, to those listening, I'll make sure that your questions um, are, are accounted for. Awesome. Thanks, Leon. Thanks so much. Well, uh, then uh, then maybe we can move toward wrapping up for the moment. Um, Mark, what um, do you have things that you that you um, want to say or, or that would, um, you know, bring together points um, that were made today while discussing the, you know, the, the possibility. I, I still think that there is uh, some possibility of spike causing harm, but that I don't really think that it conflicts with your theory that, that your theory um, does cover, you know, most of the damage. Um, you know, I, I, just, I just, I just don't want to rule out something. That, you know, like even even if it's a toxin or an allergen that affects one in a thousand people, right? Like just with COVID, we found that uh, like twenty percent, I believe, of the toughest cases, uh, you know, deaths and and severe hospitalizations were in people who had one specific genetic condition that yes. caused them to have uh, an auto interferon antibody disorder. And that's a disorder found but in. But that's one exactly four, it, Matthew. Because these are people. the statistics. A hundred percent agree. These right. are the statistics. So this is like precisely what how we have to approach the problem. I couldn't agree more. And and, and the belief in the spike being a problem absolutely doesn't discount this theory at all. That's what I love about it. It's like, the you know, and and I I truly believe there it's a multifaceted uh, thing. So. And not only that, but it's a, it's on, you know, it, it's in our interest as um, curious people to uh, approach the problem from many different points of view. Like, don't discount anything at this point because we really don't have enough information. Like, that's how and, I feel about and, it. And it and it may like and just like we know that polyethylene glycol, some people have reactions to that, right? Yep. What we may find, what we may find is that eighty percent of the harms fit mark's model 12 yeah. percent of them fit you know polyethylene glycol six percent of them fit the spike right like i i, I just i, I want to say that mark just because i i i, 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 I there's, discourage there's, you from completely discounting everything else right no, no I, i'm not discounting i mean there's 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 a lot of uh autology uh homologies that are that could actually do a autoimmune disease long term um there's there's different things but I, I do believe that in I, 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 you know I, I'm not taking anybody sick, right? Anybody who's sick um, is is a different beast. You know the immune system reacts, etc. But what we've seen with the the adverse events is that it's not it's not hitting people who are specifically sick, uh, or you know it's hitting everybody. Um, it's actually hitting you know young men who are in perfect shape. Um, and, and so don't have immune problems. It's hitting them no. worse. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, actually, I, I had, interestingly enough, that was also the case for another uh, vaccine in the military in the U.S. So it, it is, it is, which is, which is most likely related to, uh, you know, muscular mass and having higher vascularization. At least that's the way I, I, I align it with with the model. Um, and, and you know, I, I'm I'm going to stop you right there because you brought up the military data multiple times, and and this is. Uh, and, and every time you do, I, I'm like tensing up in frustration. And here's and here's why is because, um, you know, I, I, I did so much work trying to sort out the military health database stuff and found, you know, that that it, it seemed like everybody from all sides, from both sides, uh, really from all directions were doing their best to make it hard to ever use that database again. And they're replacing that database now with a new system. Which that would us off from that information, but the majority of the best studies, like if they're like you know twenty good studies on like things like myocarditis after vaccination, are done within the military, and a lot of people don't know this, and it's because we have this relatively homogenous pool of a lot of the healthiest people in the world, and and, and we get to see certain things that happen uh, in, in great granularity and great detail. And so, you know, um, that Mark has reached into that pool of data um, is, is a really uh, productive thing, um, you know, uh, helping establish this model, but we, we may not ever have that inf information again. Those were old. I mean, there, there, those reports I'm talking about are, are, are seven years old, I think 2015 or something. And but people it, wonder how intentional this is, that, that yeah. that's being cut off from the world. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to conclude. I mean, the, the, uh, I would, I would, uh, anybody who want to read my, my stuff, I, there's a lot of, 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 uh, of articles, my, the, well, you know, then, then we'll just stop there for now. And, and we'll just say, you know, we're, we're going to try to organize again, uh, a third discussion on this. And, um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing each one of these a little bit differently, right? We'll try to make, um, I, I, I think the last one was great for people who, who hadn't experienced Mark's model. Um, here, here we have some, some Q and a, I, I did want to get at least like one slightly more hostile person in here, but, um, I, I couldn't get somebody who, uh, who, who wanted to, to stand the pressure, I guess, of, of being in the room discussing it. Um, and, uh, and, and, it, you know, uh, it sounds like uh, JJ uh, pretty much ag agrees with your model, uh, and, and, and Jessica. I think Jessica and I have both moved more toward it, you know, over a period of months. Um, uh, you know, both of us have gone through that process, but um, we'll we'll do this again, and 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 I'll be trying to think through. Uh, you know, maybe it'll be a Q and A slideshow, but we'll we'll you know, Mark, you and I can discuss this again. We'll try to come up with a format that reaches. Uh, a, a new set of people or helps explain it to a new set of people okay. um, so that we we give as many people as possible a chance to reconsider the model. Yeah. And this here is your Substack, if I'm not mistaken. This is the blood-brain barrier article that you mentioned, but this yeah. is covidmythbuster.substack.com. I had put the link in the chat earlier when this article came up. Everyone go subscribe. I have subscribed on my other email, just to be clear. Uh, and I will subscribe on this one as well um, uh, because we all don't get enough Substack notifications. Um, <laughs> tremendously worthwhile. You don't want to miss this stuff. Is there anywhere else, Mark, that people can find you in addition to the Substack and the previous chat oh. that you did with Matthew? 
no, no. I mean, most of most of my mo the stuff is is on Substack now. Uh, I, I, there's a, over 38 different articles. It's been it's a journey uh, since you know Matthew and I and, and Jessica met uh, 18 months ago. I've been you know progressively pulling and investigating um, what we're being seeing and 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 try to figure out uh, uh, what was happening. So uh, so if people want to understand, you know, it's all there. Uh, the last one is a bit scary. It's 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 on the. It's it's on on the uh, the fact that we haven't listened to uh, as collective as as a community we haven't listened to uh, what was happening uh, cautiously or unconsciously I, I I try to be I think most people are are not corrupt maybe they corrupt in their heads but but uh, uh, but we haven't been listening there's a, if you want to see something that's very um, um, impressive is is uh, there's a chart lower lower on this article where basically from that uh, military uh, benchmark on the smallpox vaccine later, much later, uh, go down. Um, uh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a way I proxied, again, continue again, again. I, I proxied the, 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 okay, here it is. That's it. That's the one. I don't know if you can see it. But basically what this is, is the, um, uh, based on the myocarditis, numbers and the weight i've recalculated how dangerous the vaccine is for different um, types of illnesses so you have the retina is very very small so you have a one out of a hundred thousand of a clinical um, adverse events um, you see gbs is uh is one in a thousand seven hundred so it's fairly rare because of that but then when you get to uh, uh, the female reproduction system, it's one in 300. I'm, we're, calling, we're, we're talking serious adverse events. We're not talking subclinical. Um, and, and what's interesting is you see the, the number of cases of incidents of, of, of what's happening in the U.S. every year, and you see that there is a linear relation to it. Right. Um, and so that, again, uh, points to uh, uh, to a, a major issues with vaccine that has been happening for decades. That really upsets me. I, I don't I don't know what to say about that. I, I don't like that. The more I learn, the more skeptical I become of the entire vaccination process. That's certainly not what I had intended. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I've worked in vaccine technology for 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 cancer, so I, I'm not. And, and again, this is the, all of what I'm saying is injection protocol. Yeah, this is not about vaccine. This is not about being anti-vax. I mean, there is some issues because it looks like they're vaccinating against adverse events. So what we've been seeing this mix between uh, vaccine accidents and virus supposedly uh, symptoms, right? We've seen a lot in the past three years. Um, they've been doing for some time uh, and they're vaccinating against hepatitis or encephalitis or stuff like that, which there's a, there's a possibility. Could, could this form of transfection for immune reaction 
ever be done in a way that is highly safe? Yes. That would be worth it. You think so? Yes, we can do it. You can do it much. You, you can do it the way um, the, the way um, we were doing it in cancer. We were doing it uh, with a, a high pressure gun in the, in the, in the, in the skin. Uh, there's more, there, there are many more um, dendritic cells there than there is in the, uh, in, in concentrated. So you, so first of all, you don't, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't get the bolus, but you also get much more effic- effectiveness uh, because of that. Uh, and it would be safer. And also, of course, with anything that's mucosal, you need to go and start mucosal vaccines, not, not intramuscular vaccines. Uh, so yeah. we need to stop fooling around with the endothelium. But we also need to, I mean, what's what really drives me crazy is that this we could have implemented 18 months ago. I mean, it was visible that we were having an accident and they, they became obsessed with delivering the vaccines and not list, looking, at the, um, looking at the symptoms at the adverse events. Um, you know, I'm an, I'm a car, not a car guy, but I'm an automotive expert. So I, you know, I, I, and when quality in automotive is, is paramount because when you produce, you know, 10 million cars every year and, and like Mary Barra, you get it, you, you get, uh, you know, you get, uh, asked to come to the Senate or the Congress uh, a few years ago because three or four of your cars in a hundred million caught fire, you, you see the level of, 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 of quality you need, right? And I knew that if we were going to inject billions of people, we needed to have pristine quality on, the, on every aspect of it, and notably the injection protocol. And it sure looks like the injection protocol sucks. You know, I'm, I can sit, my estimate is one in 20 shots is dangerous. And we wonder why, like, by what mechanism are people so blinded to the notion that there could be something wrong? Let's say it is just in the injection protocol. This is a list of of grants that the Public Health Agency of Canada gave to various organizations from government, you know, local public health agencies to community groups to individuals making YouTube videos. We're talking millions upon millions of dollars to combat vaccine hesitancy. But these didn't go out. Uh, because they had data to suggest they could be this confident. They, it was, it, you know, there was this predetermined notion that no matter what happens, the vaccines are going to be safe, they're going to be effective, and that anyone saying anything against any part of it is going to... ...this ridiculous psychological barrier that money just reinforces in most cases. Anyway, this is just one way to hopefully explain why everything we're seeing and saying is somehow artificially blinded from people who would be the ones to say, hold on, maybe our protocol needs to change or maybe these specific shots aren't working or are... Anyway, I just wanted to share that. I I like, I I, I mean, I I completely agree with you. I mean, if you read my last article, I start with that. I I said, you know, somebody had no doubts and and behaved like gods. I think I use the term godlike. So I completely agree with you, Larry. Um, What is is even worse um, is the the hubris of our generation. 
because you know older doctors knew about what I'm talking about. I mean, maybe maybe they didn't do the slow injection, but they certainly did the aspiration to avoid most of the severe uh, ad adverse events. And and so, through in the past thirty years, somewhere along you know along the lines, they decided, oh, let's not you know let's not let's not aspirate. The kids it's, are are going to cry, whatever. It's painful for them. Oh, like, let's get rid of of of. Uh, of, of a very important step in 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 a in a procedure, and clearly, as you know, I, in the auto space, that's one thing you do is root cause analysis, especially you know uh, Six Sigma type of thing, and 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 uh, and Toyota way, Toyota's uh, approaches to things, uh, and and clearly here, um, you know, we would have put uh, uh, three or five engineers from Toyota, they would have solved this in no time. You just need to ask the right questions, right, very quickly. I, I was at Panda, uh, I think January 15th, 2021, I was saying we need to stop this, something's wrong. I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew something was wrong. That doesn't need to mean that you, you're anti-vax. means that uh, we need to fix something. And we haven't been fixing this for most likely for 20 or 30 years. And that's the, that's in, I'm, you know, I, I, you, you can never be 100% sure, but I'm pretty confident that the source of Alzheimer's, the source of a, a huge number of sudden in, uh, infant death uh, syndromes is happening because of exactly that. So we just need to, add to, to, to get the word out that, you know, you want to get your vaccine, not a problem, but please make sure that they inject you properly aspirate check if there's blood and even if there's no blood inject very very slowly and then we get to what matthew was telling about you will get it spread across and i i'm, I'm sure it's not great you know as as um as steve kirsch was saying there's this swiss research that came out last week that basically or that came out over the summer i think i we heard about it last week uh that said that everybody's being hurt and uh, at a, a small level. And I think what's actually happening, uh, Matthew, is actually a bolus is being created intramuscularly. So you actually are doing a bolus, but instead of going, it's going through the lymph, lymphatic system and it gets, it gets high enough, to, went into the blood to actually just slightly hurt the heart a bit more than it should. So again, the bolus is, the bolus is probably the reason for that. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, this... Um, uh, it's common sense. It's, there's nothing. There's nothing very complicated in what I'm talking about. That's why I was able to do it. <laughs> well, and as Matthew's suggesting, we've got uh, a lot more to um, to revisit, to explore, to try to reconcile, and we're going to put that together into some format um, to sign off. Just to just to show you guys that I've copied over the entire chat from both Rumble and Rockfin, and um, I'm going to be organizing the questions and comments and there's a few areas of further research that i need to do um and so there you go um now just as we wrap up here uh, just a reminder that we're now on locals and that is where we're going to be directing a lot of our community action including what we talked about today and as further questions come up i'm going to create whether it's on this post here or a separate post that'll be pinned a place for you the viewers the community members to come and 
place your questions that maybe didn't get uh, asked today. And then that'll be part of our process. And um, you don't have to pay, um, but you can sign up as a free member or you can get a free month using this promo code that I've dropped into the chat um, and become a supporting member. And you can choose whether or not to continue doing so after the free month. And there's going to be some exclusive fun stuff there. Um, Matthew, yeah, and, and, and I don't even know how that's done, but uh, I, I want to get on tonight and uh, cover some election results uh, for at yeah. least I don't know, 90 minutes, a couple hours, or something. Uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll see uh, what's comedy gold out, out there as we examine the candidates, uh, some of whom can can string together a complete sentence, and some of whom can't. And uh, for better or worse, but, but uh, and, and we'll follow the nightmare of trying to figure out whether or not we even have valid elections anymore. You know, who knows? You know, uh, and and but you know, we'll, we'll we'll report on which clowns win and which clowns lose tonight. Yeah, locals. That's right. Um, and then um, just one more point that I wanted to bring up before we do our final, final thoughts. There was, uh, as Matthew mentioned yesterday in his talk, we have 213, nearly 214,000 views on the video we did one week ago today. Um, I admit that uh, behind the scenes, I was a little skeptical that these were authentic. And the reason I had a theory that if someone were to try to you know, harm our reputation, one way they could do it is to buy a bunch of fake views and then later reveal or accuse us of having done that ourselves and yada, yada. But then it was revealed that, in fact, um, none other than Dr. I think he's a doctor. Anyway, Joseph. Mer yeah, Dr. Joseph Mercola had found our video and included it in his own article discussing the uh, genetic fingerprint paper, which turns out a lot of people actually were discussing. So this is the source of all those views. And we thank Dr. Mercola for sharing that. And thank you to Charles Rixey for figuring out that it was in fact this. So that puts my mind at ease and I'm very thankful. Um, thank you to, to everyone who has read that. And again, it is the people who do tune in to uh, episodes just like this one who ask the questions that we're trying to answer, who challenge Mark's theory and every other theory that uh, any of us come up with, because that's how science is done. That is what science is. It is the process of taking a sledgehammer to something so many times that the only thing that stands left is thick, it's firm, and it makes sense, and you can articulate it well. And I really think with, I think we're getting there. I think we're, we're, because we engage in that process, we are stronger for it. That's just my opinion. Um, so, any final thoughts, Mark? No, I think you you covered it very well. I mean, your conclusion is pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I, I dropped my mic, but it's attached to a very firm stand. So, well, let's wrap up there then. Um, Matthew, how about you? Any final thoughts before I kick us all out? Um, no, I mean, uh, you know, just, um, you know, glad to be having conversations like this and, uh, and, you know, it, it, what we're trying to do is have the conversations that aren't being had enough or, um, or, it, or they can make a difference. And so, you know, um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll refine things along the way. We'll make mistakes. We, we, you know, we, we've all changed our mind about, uh, numerous things, um, so people should keep their minds open and assume that they haven't gotten everything right, even if they think they've solved a mystery or two. Um, sometimes we have, but they're, they're you know, when uh, there's so, so much complexity and authorities are so bent on releasing so little information uh, about certain yeah. topics, 
um, you know, it will take time for smart people to debate with each other and for the, you know, the best theories to rise to the top, the best models to rise to the top. So, you know, that's what we're engaging in. Agreed. And don't forget, guys, you you can subscribe to Mark's mm -hmm. Substack for free. But if you can, obviously consider supporting him there as well and buy a paid subscription. Yeah, and, and, and when do you want to jump on for uh, election results tonight? Um, I'm, I'm, that? Uh, I'm pretty open. I, look, the, the reality is every state uh, that is in any way close to maybe going Democrat has signaled they won't have results tonight. Uh, yeah. So we're, we right. have to, I think, go in with the expectation we're going to have yet another really good conversation, maybe get some initial results. I do yeah. think we're going to know if Republicans have taken, you know, some key things. So my point is, um, I'm open to basically uh, any time, but let's you and I talk. Yeah, and we'll you know, yeah, we decide yeah. on. And, uh, and, and maybe, maybe we'll start at something like, you know, 6 p.m. Eastern or, 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 or such, you know, and and. Uh, we don't know how long we're going to do this. We've never filmed from locals. So this is a little bit of a technical experiment too. So, yeah. you know, if, if we start late, um, you know, forgive us, but I, I'm going to try to jump in there at 6 p.m. Okay. Eastern time. So, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you. I'll text you my timing for that evening. But thank you so much, guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. Roundingtheearth.locals.com. I have been Liam Sturgis. You have been watching Rounding the Earth. Thank you for being part of the community. Um, we do have some folks who do push back on the concept of unflattening the earth, but I'm going to stick to it. Let's unflatten the earth together. And uh, good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>